spoilers. Good night, good evening, good morning. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Random Podcast. Now you're thinking, whoa, holy shit, you recorded 25 episodes? No, something like that. That I don't even keep count. Um, so, no, this isn't the season finale. The ninth episode's the season. No, I'm joking. Um, but it's, it's been a long... I've come a long way. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, you just start a project and just drop it. Well, you know, it's it's different for me because a lot of times, like, I have a lot of, you know, I want to say, like, I have highly depressive thoughts. And by when I say, like, highly depressive, I mean, like, fucking highly depressive. Like, holy shit. Um, it's actually just like, okay, most of the time, like, okay, if I, if I complete my goals, what am I going to do next? And I just sit there and I think about it and I'm like, I don't really have a desire to, like, reach my dreams. Because the fear of not knowing what to do next is, is stifling it. And it's just like, it's depressing, but at the same time, like, I, I wonder, like, you know, is it really a, a valid issue? Like, I know, personally... I, I think I mentioned in an earlier episode. Um, yes, I I made a series of poor decisions um, re- evolve, revolving around my ex, and that led to me being uh, dismissed from university. Um, and when you know, I fell into a deep depression, and finally started to you know pick myself up. Uh, through the support of my friends, my mentor, you know, I, I attempted to, you know, I finally got, you know, a job. I went and I worked and I tried to go back to school and then that set me up further failure because um, I relied on someone that was just mentally spent from supporting me when I was at my lowest point um and that's more so my own fault but at the same time now that i'm in a better place um i i do now recognize that you know that relationship itself was extremely toxic and i i grew as a person because of that and i now know like you know i can't really approach you know relationships the same way because i feel you know senses of um inadequacy because of what's been said, uh, I know the final words exchanged between us weren't the best. Um, I know I, I simply said, you know, I wish you the best in life. You know, I do love you. And I, I I understand, like, things aren't the same. I just wish you the best. And her response was like, I don't even wish that of you. I just want you out of my life. You ruined my life. And I was like, you know what? And I, at that point, it's like, okay. I finally realized, like, to me, this person considers me, like, this monster that ruined her life, and she has done a lot for me, but the same has been said for her. I've done a lot for her. I sacrificed a lot for her, Um, and for her to say that, I was like, you know what? Some people won't change. Some people will always be that abusive person that make themselves feel better about their own situation, they'll try to drag you down. And that's when I just stopped and was like, you know what? 
fine. Picture me as that monster. Picture me as that monster in your head. If you f- truly feel that way, you know, I still wish you the best of luck, and I blocked them. Because at that point, it's like, I've, I went through, like, several stages of, like, uh, denial with the relationship. Because it's like, and I know you're like, oh, God, he's, he's ranting. And if you don't want, if you don't want to listen to this, skip, like, maybe, like, five minutes or so into this. It might be earlier. I don't know. Um, but basically, like, when I went through the five stages, like, I was really depressed. Like, I was, uh... I was let go from a previous job that was really toxic. Uh, I just want to say, like, I, I know I'm branded about uh, my previous professions, um, but for the most part, it's it, it was really annoying. It, it, truly, truly speaking, it was really annoying because, like, I would I felt trapped. I felt, you know, cornered because, you know, I would go to work, I'd be picked on, I'd be bullied, I'd be put in harsh, like, not harsh in the way of, like, you know, the conditions, like, the environmental condition I meant, like, mentally, it was harsh. Like, you know, I had to watch how I talked to people. You know, I couldn't talk professionally to people. Like, I couldn't, you know, uphold rules. I had to, like, you know, bend rules in favor of this person because they were friends with this person. And it was just mentally, the mental gymnastics that was needed was utterly exhausting. And then I always, I was always, like, you know threatened, like, oh yeah, you can always go back to the other department, and I worked graveyard there, and it was just, it was really, it was really mentally taxing, it, truly, it was mentally taxing, because I remember, during that time, you know, I lived, I, I lived in fear of having a stable job, I lived in fear of being able to pay rent, like, that, that was mentally, like, I tried to hold on to, like, money, and I try to hold on to, like, you know, the job. Like, I try to appease, like, the supervisor, you know, who was racist. And I say this because, like, he's admitted... He, he admitted it to me. Like, it, it's not me just, like, making, you know, baseless claims. He he straight up admitted to me that, you know, he thought poorly of black people until he met me. And it's just like, you know, gee, thanks. And he's like, yeah, I used to cut your hours and sit you home or, like, request for you not to be called in until I got threatened by other people in the department's in different departments saying you can't do that to people. Um, and it was mainly because, you know, someone that I was friends with uh, worked there too before he was let go. And he was he was a, a lead and he threatened that department. Um, but, and I'm thankful for it. Like, I truly am. It's just like, but the fact that I lived in fear of like, you know, having, losing my job after, you know, it was a whole year and a half, I'm going to say. No, year. No, wait. Um. No. No, no. It, okay, so the thing was, it was. It was weird because, like, the concessions I made, like, overall. And I, I do I, I do apologize for continuing this longer than I wanted to. Um, the concessions I made, just you know, living working in that environment, and I would you know I had this environment at work where it was just highly toxic. It was mentally stressful. I had high blood pressure. My health 
slowly was deteriorating. Um, I was just mentally, like, I know my emotions, like, I'm bad with my emotions. Like, I used to get, I, I used to, I had, I had a rough, rough childhood. Um, when it came to emotions, like, you know, the whole general type, the, the whole generalizations of, you know, males aren't supposed to be emotional. Males are supposed to, you know, just be strong and shrug it off and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was held to that standard, and it was really difficult, because, like, you know, I felt a certain type of way, and they're like, nah, you can't feel that way. And I'm like, well, I feel like that. Anyways, um, and from there, it was, you know, like, I've, I've always had, you know, difficulty expressing emotion, and, like, you know, I give it to her that, you know, she stuck through. I give it to her. I, she stuck through. But the concessions, like, the the abusive tendency that was developed through the entire relationship, like, to me, she was, like, everything to me. But I know that's not healthy now. And to work in an environment where I get, you know, mentally abused, picked on, bullied, and sexually harassed. Um, and then to come home to, you know, her yelling at me, her saying, like, oh, you're a disappointment, you know, you're just called a dropout, you work a dead-end job, like, you'll have no future, blah, blah, and it's just, like, it's really... The fact that I got mentally beat down like that, it was... It, it changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, and I... You know, if you're feeling down and, like, you're at your lowest point and, you know, someone that you truly love and someone that, you know, you uh, value their opinion constantly tells you, like, your shit, you start believing that. And it took me a long time to, like, you know, snap out of it and be like, you know what, I'm not shit. Like, I've done shit. Like, (laughs) I've done shit. And I know that that's partly contributing to, like, you know, um, my my uh my mentality about achievements it's it was uh it was uh how do i say it it was it was really annoying it it was just really annoying um and I say this now. Um, I say this now. I say this now. Uh, and I said that three times for a reason. I say this now. <laughs> because. I feel okay. I initially broke up with her. In July of. No, in, in March of. 2017 and then we had an on and off type nature relationship until she slowly started convincing convinced my friends that like I was the reason for the, her life going down blah, blah 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 and I remember her telling me um, that you know, this entire time, she felt like she was going crazy because her family had a history of mental health and, like, she didn't want to fall into that. She knew that, you know, if she ever 
got into drugs. She's been told by doctors she has a highly addictive personality. And she felt like the relationship with me, like, is just validating the fact that, you know, she's crazy and no one will want her and she would have to settle for me. Um, and, like, the things that's, that were said were just really, really, really uh, self-decrivating? Deprivating? I, I do apologize. Um, I have trouble speaking, you know, with that word. But, with that being said, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't see myself in that position anymore. I don't see myself as someone that um, is depressed, someone that, you know, holds a grudge or resentment towards someone that, you know, and doesn't see the situation as they ruined my life. I it, I felt like it was me going with the choices, me letting my life go that route. Um, and while not ruling out the fact that I was depressed... And, you know, I, I felt like everything was gone, but at the same time, uh, it it really, it changed things. It, it, it really changed things. Mentally, it changed me. And now I'm at the, the crosswords, crossroads, because I see a lot of my peers that I went to college with, you know, living their lives, living successfully, and I look at myself and I feel great disappointment because... I am a prideful person, and I, I, I saw my dreams, and I saw a lot of things, and, you know, from there, I just don't really understand why, but there is a fear of going back to college, there's a fear of finishing everything late, and it's just like, I know I do have friends that are there for me, but they want me to take that step for myself because they know no matter what they say, no matter what they do, I have to be the one to decide, you know, I want to pursue this for my life because, you know, ultimately I'm controlling my life. Um, and I respect that and I, I'm okay with that, you know? Like, me from a few years ago might have been like, oh, they abandoned me, blah, 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 blah. No, they, they just truly, um, they truly uh, care. And I know just overall it's just annoying um, because I get annoyed because I want to go back. I want to finish college. I want to go out and um, do a profession that, you know, I can pursue other goals. Like I I, I have a goal of wanting to like semi-retire at like 35 to be with my family and like, you know, go go back to college a little bit. take library sciences and be a librarian part-time because I made enough and I have enough, uh, residual income from, uh, from retirement investments. Um, so I can achieve financial independence where I can just, you know, survive off part-time taught job. Like I'd rather be a librarian. Like that's what I want. I want to be a librarian and have family and, you know, support them and, and grow, you know, see my kids grow, you know, and it, it, it's being held back by myself, and that's something I have to accept for myself, and it's not easy, and I say this as a podcast, I know, 
Um, for those listening, like, I do apologize. No, I don't apologize. I don't. This is ultimately something created as a device to, you know, lay it as a platform for my thoughts. And uh, with that being said, I do... I do disagree about the apology. Uh, but I can say, in closing to this little segment right here... Um, Ultimately, you decide who you want to be, and you ultimately you decide who you want to be with. If a relationship's really toxic, it's not easy just leaving it. It's something that you have to recognize for yourself, and if you need help, it's okay to ask for help. It's never, but it's not okay to just be abused uh, mentally, physically. It's it's never okay. Um, you're worth so much more than you think, and. No, regardless of your relationship with your parents, even if you don't know them, even if, you know, you may have had a falling out, there's still that strand of instinct that, you know, that deep down, if you succeed, they'll still be proud. But, with that being said, let's uh, change the topic real quick, and uh, let's go to topic two. And the reason why I said spoilers at the beginning. So, um, I wanted to talk about some anime. Hey. Okay, so, um, if you didn't know, I just found out. Uh, I, I literally just found out. There's a, there's this, there's this, uh, this light novel I read called Jobless Incarnation. Or Musiko or something like that. Um, and it, and like I said before, I'm about to spoil the fuck out of it, so um, right now, at like 18 minutes in, if you want to skip, just fucking, I will make a chapter, I will actually go out of my way and make a chapter and skip this entire section. But beginning of spoilers right now, at 1825. Okay, so jobless, jobless, incarna- uh, jobless Incarnation is about a 34-year-old male who suffered from, you know, extreme family problems. I believe his parents died, and he was living off the, res- the leftover money they left until his siblings came and kicked him out, and then, you know, they basically disowned him, and then he suffered a, a severe mental breakdown, you know? It was due to childhood experience in school, I want to say his middle school era, and he just became a shut-in and a recluse. And then he got, when he got kicked out, he shortly died, uh, hence the isekai genre. He died, and he got reincarnated, and from there he told himself, I'm going to live the life that I never had, I'm going to live to the best of my ability. Now, what made this series so great is because you know, if you've been through a hard time, if you've been bullied at one point, you know that crushing feeling of not wanting to go outside. Now, with that being said, as I casually lean over and open up a beer, Blue Moon, please sponsor me. Shameless promotion, I drink your beer all the time. Boom. Um, he, you know, he regains his memories as as a baby, um, 
And it's it's noticed by the maid, and it's noticed by the mother, that it's like, huh, this child's giving me lecherous looks, and you're just like, oh, well, shit, uh, well, maybe it's because he's a 34-year-old man. <laughs> but, hold on. My voice has been... Well, my throat's been dry for a while. Okay, so, he, uh, he gives, uh, Electrous looks and whatnot, and people kind of look and see different aspects of him growing up, and then he's like, oh shit, there's magic. Because I think at one point you see neither his mother or father just casually use magic. He's like, oh, ooh, ooh, I too can use magic. So, you know, he sneaks into the parlor, you know, does his first thing, his first spell, and it was a water ball. And he blows up half the fucking room. Um... And from there, you know, they're like, oh, we need a magic teacher, and then blah, 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 And then, it, like, the story, the, the character development, like, there, like, set the tone for the rest of the the, the series. Because keep in mind, it's been, it's finished. The novel's finished. They just barely, not too long ago, started doing, uh, okay, no, the novel finished in April of 2015. And the light novel started a little bit after maybe 2016, 2017, and it's been going on since. Um, and the light novel, you know, t- typically the light novel is going to have a slightly different story from the novel because there's no point. Because light novels, considerably shorter, you know, in case you didn't know, light novels are literally like pocket sized books. It's like books you pick up at like a train station to read on your daily commute in Japan. And this is generalization. This might be wrong, you know, but I'm lazy bastard. I'm not looking up. This is just my general idea, conjecture on the term light novel. But the key term being light, it's a light reading. Like, it's not something you'll be heavily investigated. It's like reading fucking, uh... Ralph S. Mouse versus the fourth Harry Potter book. The fourth Harry Potter book's a fucking monster of read. And, well, no, that's not really a monster of read. Uh, well, comparably, like, scaling size, yeah, okay. But at the same time, uh, you see a lot of character development. Like, he, it, I want to say it's a little bit redemption, but then as, like, the, the tone shifts when he grows up old enough. And, oh yeah, so, uh, I forgot to mention, the name's character is Rudus Rudderat, or something of that sort. I don't remember, I'm not looking it up, but I want to say it was like that. I just remember his fucking, or Grey Rat. I just remember, Rat was part of his last name, I thought that was kind of funny. It was like, (laughs) your name's Rat. But it was a noble family, and like, when you see, like, his cousins, like, his father kind of just ran off, like, I'm gonna be a fucking adventurer, and his father was a notorious womanizer, sleeping with people just cause, and then his mom, Rudy's mom, the main character, the reincarnated individual, uh, kept him in his place, uh, and you get to see different, like, aspects of, like, how this comes to be, and then he, you know, as time moves on, he goes to his cousin's house to learn more etiquette and to tutor his cousin in magic because, well, relative. Like, it was a loose relative, like, I guess, you know? Um, but basically, you know, as he came to live in the the main capital, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the big city, blah, 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 blah. You know, he starts tutoring. He's, you know, he gets to, he actually gets to, he actually gets to, like, save the day because it's magic prowess. So, 
Rudy can do, I want to say chantless. Yeah, it is chantless magic. He figured out how to do chantless magic. And he basically figured out how the magic system worked there. And it's really important because, like, the magic system in Jobless Recarnation is a lot simpler and it's not as broken as other magics. Like, he, he, the entire time throughout the series, even going to, like, towards the end, he never becomes so overpowered to the point where, you know, the novel becomes you know, a novelty, like in certain Korean novels, like, uh, uh, what's a good one? Oh, the one I just barely finished, uh, everyone else is a returnee. He's not overpowered. He's not, he's not like fucking, uh, the guy from, I reincarnated in another world with my smartphone. It, it was more like he built himself up. He built himself up, he trained, he, you know, figured out a system, and he applied that system, and that's how he did things. And he did c- come across tough times, and then, I want to say throughout the entire series, there was four major plot turn, well, I want to say plot twist, I want to say, like, four major turning points. And of the four, it kind of, like, forces, okay, now there's Wait, let me think. There's the time in the capital, well, big city. There's the dragon god. There's the death of that person. And then there's... um The fight with... The fight against that other person. So, I want to say, it's like four or five. But at the same time, like, each... Oh, no. Oh, wait, I did skip one. Okay. So, there is a point in which the first turning point in the series set the stage for, like, his past his past uh, life to be uh, brought in the spotlight. You're like, okay, he's living this life. He's building himself up, so he's just a perfect character. No, actually, the mentality he had back in the day and that striving was completely scattered and you see him mentally break as a person um and you're like oh well why is that why are you bringing that up because it's really important because it shows that he while he did progress he realized how little of a person he is and i just realized there's like six plot turning points but that's besides the point. I, i finished this like a year ago um but basically overall the series is really well written like you know every Everything matters, and everything's crafted in such a way where if no one, if no one, you know, if no one ever caught a plot point, it gets blaringly, you get bitch slapped in the face by it. And that's what makes it great, because like, you know, after everything goes through all the hardships, all the turning points, everything, when you reach, when you finally reach the epilogue, and I know, like, you're like, why are you going straight to the epilogue? You haven't really talked about that much. I know, but at the same time, like, I did say it was spoilers to a degree, but, you know, in light of this being one of my favorite um, novels of all time, I'm only really going to spoil the ending. And you can skip ahead if you don't want to hear it, but it 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 really... It really is just satisfying. You just read through... I forgot how many volumes. I want to say it's like 15, 
16 or 20 volumes of the novel. And after everything the main characters go through, he faces the person that caused it all. He faced the person that put him through all the strife. And he looks at him. And this is after he dies. He dies. He lives a full life. He dies of old age. He leaves. He has several wives. He has a bunch of kids. And even though it's a harem, it, it's not bad because it's the fact that he walks up to the the main villain and just looks at him. And he's like, "Well, it's been fun." And the person's like, "Wait, what? Yeah, it's been fun, but you know, I'm just gonna go now that you're dead. I can just, I don't care." I've lived my life to the fullest. And you won't win anyways. <laughs> so, have fun. And just walks away. Just, and that's it. That's how it ends. And you may think like, oh, that seems so lackluster, but you have to remember the build-up to all of it. Just, just beautifully. Beautifully. Just, just makes it worth it. And it, I, I'm not gonna lie, like, I... I shed a tear when I read the end because it was so it was so satisfying. Like there's there's a few series, like I wanna say of all the series that I read, that was just satisfying to the point where I found myself crying and I didn't know why. Um when I first finished uh Garth Nick's Sabriel at the end <laughs> I don't wanna ruin I don't wanna spoil it, but you know, in the sake of spoilers, spoilers. Um like, I want to say, like, when Sabriel looks at Touchstone and he's like, you're alive, and she's like, yeah, I am. And that was just like, I don't know, it was just, it was weird. It, it Like, that, it, it, it seemed so insignificant, but it was just like, after everything she's gone through, and it's only like, well, I have the e-book edition, and it's only, like, 400 or so pages, and it was just satisfying. Another another series that was really, really fucking satisfying, um, that was truly satisfying, I want to say, was truly satisfying when I finished it, was, uh, His Dark Materials by, uh, Philip Fullen. Uh, at the end of, let's see, it's Golden Compass, the... S- Subtle knife. Oh, the amber side glass. At the end of the amber side glass. I think I... Wait, hold on. Let me... Oh, here it is. I'm holding the book in my fucking hand because I have it. I have a physical copy still. So, as I go to the end of the book, page 465, and I I quote... Wait, I'll, I'll read the final paragraph. Her hands were resting on his glossy fleur. Somewhere in the garden, a nightingale was singing, and a little breeze touched her hair and stirred the leaves overhead. All the different bells of the city chimed, one each, this one high, that one low. Some close by, others farther off. One cracked and peevish, another grave and sonorous, but agreeing in all their different voices on what the time was, even if some of them got to it a little more slowly than others. And that other Oxford, where she and Will kiss goodbye. The bells would be chiming too, and a nightingale would be singing, and a little breeze would be stirring the leaves in the botanic garden. And then what? said her Damien sleepily. Build what? 
the Republic of Heaven, said Lyra. That was one of the best endings because the entire book series, like when back in the day, back in the day, when they released the Golden Compass as a movie, a live action movie, like I know Nicole Kidman was killing as Miss Coltsler, but at the same time, and uh, I forgot the actor that played Lord Astral, but you know, he killed it too. But they had to change it because they couldn't technically okay it's weird okay it's weird so when i first when i first heard about it i was like they can't make the movies because in the third book it shows the death of god and i know the catholics will get their panties and their twist um but at the same time it was really interesting to see like you know how everything played out and it's just like it taught you the, the the there's different core messages of the Golden Compass or the his Dark Materials trilogy, and I'm reading the other like the prequel series um, to the Dark Material of how Lyra got to Oxford in the first place. But at the same time, uh, it it was really interesting because I I I actually looked into like you know the overall reception of the, his Dark Materials, and I found out like various Catholic like institutions actually found the book a really good read and they didn't condemn it because they're like, you know, it, it teaches you to be critical of things around you and question things in a sense of like, okay, well, I do adhere to my own religion and I do adhere to my own faith. I don't necessarily adhere to the institutions of man. Now that that's as far as I'll go on that, you know, cause you know, anything else is really just like, hazy memory, you know? But at the same time, like, I, I just want to say, of, like, the different series that really, like, kind of brought me to tears... Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, when I look at different series, like, uh... <laughs> I want to say... Like, I know this is really random, but, like, the anime Kill a Kill at the very end, when, uh... Someone tells the main character, Welcome Home... And she says, I'm home. That's just really heart-wrenching. Because, like, she went through so much. Oh, anyways. Not spoiling Kill the Kill. Um, but, like, go go ahead and give those, go, those a good read. Because, like, you know, ultimately, like, I know I start off things with a little somber and, like, you know, a somber attitude. But at the same time, like... The build-up was, like, the way I see things is, I experienced what I did, and I grew from it. Um, reading different books lets you to gain a different perspective, because ultimately, like, your life is a, how you view your life is really just, like, experience, uh, a gathering of, of different experiences, wherever good, whatever bad, um, and it changes you, it adds to your mentality, it matures you, and that maturity is tempered through those experiences. And if you never experience something, and I'm not saying go out and find someone super abusive or be abused, that that's dumb as shit. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, whatever situation you are, don't see it as like a, a, a huge overbearing obstacle that crushes you. See it as a as experience to grow, experience to, you know, move forward, because at the same time, like, you know, if you dwell on it, 
it's not easy to accept it. It's not easy to overcome it. It's not easy to forgive them. It's not easy to forget about it. Grudges run deep. Especially when you've been abused so long, you finally feel free. And you never want to lose that feeling of being free. You never want to lose that feeling of of not of feeling like you're not underwater, that you're cornered, and everyone's against you. You want to hold on to that feeling that you're living your life, and that isn't easily changed. And by reading, I'm not saying that you'll solve everything, but it'll give you some respite. For me, like, given my life, every time I felt really depressed, every time I felt really cornered, I find myself reading. I find myself surrounded by books. I I find myself, you know playing video games, but then I find myself going back to books because ultimately when I play video games, I'm just reminded for the most part of being alone because I can't hang out with people as much as I wanted to given whatever circumstance may be. That loneliness isn't something easily solved. And I know if I go out and like meet people, you know, my insecurities will come out my mentality of, oh, well, I think I'm boring. Oh, I'll start apologizing. Oh, I'll start doing this. And those those doubts that will cripple any interaction with people because it's it makes me ultimately stop responding to people. It ultimately stops me from going to different places. It causes me to flake on people. And... The only solace to that and the only comfort to that is playing video games. And while I love video games dearly, like my own, my dear Ma gave gave me a Super Nintendo, she gave me Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Aladdin, like, I... I just... I just get reminded of loneliness. Um, and that's why playing video games with friends is so... is a magical experience, because, like... You know, growing up, it, it it was weird, but um, not to get sentimental. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is like, what was that shit in Reading Rainbow? Open a book, read a book, Reading Rainbow. You can fly anywhere. Um, but in all seriousness, and all with all seriousness intended, um, I'm not going to say it'll be okay. Because whatever you're going through, wherever you are, it may not be. But, ultimately, I want to say, perhaps recognizing what what situation you're in and deciding if you want to stay or deciding if you want to go. And I'm not saying make a drastic change. It has to be gradual. It has to be when you want to do it. It's ultimately it, it ultimately comes down to you. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, and I'm ending the podcast on that on that thought. Um, but, you know, as always, this is Mozi Scarlet, the Crimson Hermit. And you, like usual, keep it classy. And I pose you this question. Does a walker choose the path or path the walker? <laughs>